it's you. Come on in. Welcome to the scum bar. Welcome to the Scumbar Podcast, episode 52, where we talk movies, video games, pop culture, books, that's amore, and everything in between. I'm your host, Matt Brush, and with me today, that's amore himself, my co-host. Well, the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's amore. That's amore. That's an anthos. Hello. <laughs> Hello. What's amore with you? Hey. Hey. <laughs> we should just be super Italian for one whole episode. I'd love that. <laughs> oh, man. <I> th- <laughs> My wife would hate me. Half Italian is enough for her. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I, can't do f- I can't do full Italian on her. She likes uh, Italian dressing, and that's how far she'll go. I'm not. A- no, she doesn't even like Italian dressing. What about, like, Italian clothing? Italian dressing? She... Yeah, maybe not on me, though. Oh, just for her. <laughs> it's, well, on other people. On certain bodies. Just not mine. Anthos, what's new with you? What is going on? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am the good. You're I am good. good as well. I'm tired, but I'm, I'm getting there. This will cool. help. This will be good. You know? Good. It's good. It's going to be a good little podcast. We got a lot, we got a lot we got to talk about today. Whole we got a yeah. We're we're kind of like back on track, and uh, we're we're well into the new year. Yeah, we're, um, we're still podcasting. Yeah. It is almost the end of the month. Yeah, and yeah. by the time this episode comes out, it'll be the next month. So oh, we're kind of kind of like in limbo right now. Yeah, like what yeah, are we exactly. really doing? Yeah, ooh, we're in that that little sweet spot. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's interesting. I'm I'm really hoping for some normal episodes coming up soon because our last couple of ones have been all reviews and very like super episodes. So we're trying to get back to our normal <laughs> super episodes. Cool. Super super episodes. Just big big topics. We just got some big darn topics, you know. We, we so little, let's yeah, bring it down a little stuff. bit. Let's get back to the natural way of things and just bring down our topics a bit. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, we're just not gonna talk anything too too crazy. We're just gonna talk we're just gonna anything. talk quietly on our topics, you know. Oops, Google just heard me say something. Nope. Uh oh. Nope. Sorry. Okay, Google. Google. Stop. Cancel. Okay. Stop Google. X-N-A. Stop. <laughs> Anthos, would you like to hear a yolk? Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, let me <laughs> do this one. Why do Chinese pirates never get scurvy? Uh, something to do with because they. They never lack. Uh, they have a lot of seeds. <laughs> I can't. Oh, I, can't, I, can't, I, can't. Uh, I see what you're trying to do. That that uh. also that that's not the wrong way to go. Well, no. Okay. Let me correct that. It is the wrong way to go. But that makes sense where you were going with that. Um, because they all speak Mandarin. Ah, uh, hey! wait. They all speak Mandarin. They all speak Mandarin. That's why they don't get scurvy. Uh, oh, I, uh, I get, I, okay, okay. Yeah, I was, I was going for, like, the whole vitamin C in the oranges yeah. thing, but I couldn't. Yeah. I didn't want to go, like, the racist color route, so I wasn't sure. <laughs> anyway. Well. All good. That's where it went. Cool. Um, yeah. Okay, pirate joke. 
Thank you. Uh, did we do what's new with you? No, we didn't. What's new uh, with you? Oh, I said I'm good. Oh. <laughs> and then I and then I went to you. I'm a uh, giver. What's new with you? You had something interesting happen the last week. Um. Yeah. So this past week we celebrated Chinese or quote unquote Lunar New Year. Actually, I, there's no quotes. It's Lunar New Year. So what, what's um, the difference? I don't know the difference. I think Lunar New Year is just. Uh, it's supposed to be more for what's the, the word? moon? Well, no, yeah, it is representing like the moon and like the new moon calendar. But it's um, oh, Twilight I think too. lunar is just more uh, neutral. That's the word, neutral uh, for like all Asians, because Chinese people aren't, aren't the only people that celebrate this calendar. Mm. So um, Koreans do, I believe. Uh, do the I Chinese guess maybe... popularize it though? Uh, I don't know about popularize it <laughs> i mean it could just be that you know being in vancouver we have a lot more chinese for the asian demographic and so that's maybe that's why it's more prevalent mm. being known as chinese i i really don't know but that's just my guess okay so uh yeah so for lunar new year um this was the this might have been the first year actually I'm, I'm sure it was the first year that i i attended so many new year gatherings with my wife and her family so in previous years, I I might attend maybe one or two of them, um, and I'm not sure if I ever really celebrated too much with my side with my family at all. But uh, but anyway, so yeah, this year we had we celebrated dinner on a Thursday, uh, had dinner on Friday, on Saturday we had lunch, Sunday we had lunch, and wait was that it? Oh, Sunday we had lunch and dinner. So <laughs> yeah, lot of lot of eating. I've definitely gained weight and <laughs> like it's okay days. i will yeah no, okay. I'm, I'm so sure i don't have a scale but the the my floor is creaking Uh-oh. my chair is creaking your downstairs um, neighbors have let you know yeah they're uh they're banging up they're banging on the ceiling with uh with something that sounds like a broom pretty sure um i can't fight this little, feeling got a bang on ha- the ceiling i have a little mr heckles downstairs um, <laughs> anyway yeah so that's uh that took place recently um for those of you who aren't uh, too familiar with Chinese New Year or Lunar New Year, um, Ronnie Cheng, who played Eddie Cheng on um, in Crazy Rich Asians, he has a new uh, like stand-up, yeah, yeah, stand-up show on Netflix. I think maybe it's just one of those like one-off things, um, and he references or I guess talks about Chinese New Year. So, yeah, if you want to know more about that, <laughs> I'm not saying that this will be for educational purposes, but. He will probably enlighten you to some extent about what it is. If not, you've got Google. Yeah. Interesting. It's the year of the rat this year, right? It is the year of the rat. Ooh, also, Uniqlo celebrating uh, the year of the rat had a new or had another Mickey Mouse collabo kind of thing come out. So if you're into that, go to Uniqlo. If you're into that rat. If you're into that, wear the rat. Hashtag wear the rat. (laughs) Hashtag ride the rat. Ooh, ooh! Ride the rat. I like it. That should be their, their thing. Yeah. Uh, Anthos, let's move into something I like to call Yo News. 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 Calling on all news. News from the oceans, from the mountains, from the skies beyond. News from the pigeon coo. News. That's my that's my friend's reference. The uh, pigeon. The pigeon. Okay. Well, I don't know that one. Where's that from? Oh, um, Phoebe. Oh, she broke, <laughs> she broke something. From that pigeon on the balcony. Cool. Or she? Don't yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Nice, she has nice it on the balcony and it fell off and broke. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Don't play that's the, the one. Lady. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Cool. 
it wasn't her it was me the pigeon Coo. <laughs> something like that yeah <laughs> oh i like that uh yeah. and i'm gonna start off the news this time because i found something while we were talking for news oh awesome? okay <laughs> cool cool <laughs> Uh, the news I found was uh, <laughs> okay. uh, the Fast and Furious Nine. There is a new poster. Oh, really? For Fast and Furious Nine. Oh boy! And uh, I didn't realize Fast and Furious Nine was so hot on the heels of uh, Hobbs and Shaw, but it is. And it looks like it's called F Nine: The Fast Saga. F Nine. What's the command for that on on a on a PC? F9. Function Nine. What does that do? Um, F Nine shortcut command. Well, it depends what you program it to do. F9, update a field. Ah, uh-huh. it's an update. Well, it depends uh-huh. what you're in for updating a field. If you're in, like, SQL, it's F11. If you I guess com- so. Okay, if you but, but if you're... that, it's F11. Well, well, when I say F9 shortcut... The shortcut Are you talking about Excel? I have no idea. <laughs> okay. I feel like that's anyway, Excel. Anyway, um, I'm, just, I'm just sticking with update because F9 sounds like it's an update. F9. That's, so, wasn't the last one called Fast and Furious 8? Wasn't it just called F8? Or like was it called Fast, Fast 8? Oh, Fast 8. So, they're just really making it shorter and shorter each time. Actually, so, by the remember. time it's 10, it's just going to be F. I'm going to search it up. I can't remember what it was. Fast 8. Maybe it was called Fate. The Fast I and s- Furious. Oh, because wasn't it like the Fate of the Furious or something? Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. It is. It's called the Fate of the Furious. Yeah. People, I, but I assume that the Fate of the Furious. Well, because it should have been... I guess fat. No, you know what? Maybe we had a. Maybe one of the trailers came out and it was like Fast Eight or pre-production yeah. for Fast Eight begins. I don't know. So you know what? This this uh, Fast Furious Nine might actually have a full title to it, but the poster says F Nine. But there's also, like you said, there's Fate Eight for uh, Fast and Furious for the Fate of the Furious. Right. I also assume that they went with Fate only because when you put F and Eight together, it's Fate. Oh, for uh, Fast and Furious Ten, they should do F One for Formula One racing. And then they'll do like, they're all like, they can all be in Formula One racing cars. <laughs> but then where's the zero? Oh, I don't know. They they don't need the zero. They're fine. Oh, they, <laughs> they should call it F F one Ground Zero. Oh, <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> all right. Uh, okay. Do you have any Do you have any other uh, news that's not F nine? <laughs> uh, yeah, I have another number. Oh, good. It's uh, 1917 because oh, I watched yes. it. Oh, wow. I haven't seen it yet, but I do really want to see that. That was a good movie. I'm really glad I watched that yeah? in theaters. I heard there's wow. a one-shot one in it where it's like the camera doesn't cut away and it like stays as one shot for a long time in that movie. I believe they make it look like it's a one-shot. Okay. So there are a couple times where you can probably get a sense of where it could have been cut. Right. Um, I'm not exactly sure where they did it, but like, for example, there's... Um, Okay, I, well, I won't spoil it, but in terms of, like, cutting cutting scenes, like, it'll go to black. So, I mean, they could technically use that in terms of uh, making it seem like it's a one-shot, but the scene still continues, if you know what mm. I mean. Um, you'll, you'll know what I mean when you see it. But, yeah, oh, that was a really well-done movie. I, I was gripped the whole time. Um, I think the... I think the storytelling was well done. I think the cinematography was, like even better or that's probably what made the storytelling work so well mm-hmm. um yeah if you if you haven't thought about watching it go, go watch it because it's that was a good movie yeah that's sure. one i'll probably wait till it's out on release but i'm i'm interested in it for sure i saw the trailer and i was like i gotta see this yeah i actually asked one of my friends so she saw it first and i asked her 
um, is it a theater worthy movie? And she said, yes, it was, it was really good. And I think because of the cinematography, I, that's why I'm, I'm really glad that I did watch it in theaters and not wait until watching it on, on TV or, or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, if that happens to change your mind, I just found that, um, oh, it's hard to talk about it without spoiling stuff, but <laughs> it's just as you're, as you're watching, as you're watching the characters go through everything, I feel that um, the way that they have filmed everything, they've gotten really kind of like up and close to the characters. You can kind of, I think you might get a sense of that during the trailer, um, just how much they really focus on as if you're in the eyes of of the characters that you're following. Right. And I think that's why I feel that watching it in theaters does make a big difference. Um, there's there's kind of a really, a really strong realism to the way that they filmed it, and it comes off really well on big screen. So, hmm. yeah. So that that that's uh, that's my that's my support for big screen. Take it, take with it what you will. But <laughs> yeah, good movie regardless. Regardless. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Well, maybe I will see it in theaters. We'll see. I I don't know why. You will I watch seem, it. I seem theaters. to watch you things will less in theaters. Oh. Watch it in theaters. Okay. I will watch it you in theaters. You will now. watch it in theaters. Yeah. Now that reminds me. Um, I had some friends that went to uh, Galaxy's Edge in Florida. You know the new Star Wars um theme park. So Galaxy's in, um, Edge. I thought that was in uh, Disneyland. I think it's coming to Disneyland, but this was in Disney World in Florida. Okay. So they, I assume that they would do in both because they kind of, like, they both have the theme parks and all the same like expansions, right? Right. So, uh, yeah, they were, um, they were on their phones just like filming people, like they had uh, like live actors all over the all over the place, right? So stormtroopers walking by. And, but in their video specifically, you could see just a bunch of people passing by them and just like waving their hands in front of the stormtroopers' faces. But the <laughs> stormtroopers are just straight up ignoring all the adults and just paying attention to the kids below them and just saying like, you won't be the last Jedi or something like some stuff like Aww. that. It was just funny watching all the adults try and just get denied. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, in other yield news, Yo, I gosh. didn't get a chance to watch it yet, but the Grammys of 2020 just happened. Um, so I have no idea what happened other than, uh, album of the year went to Billie Eilish. Oops. Spoilers for if anybody was hoping to watch that before this podcast. That's but... okay. Billie Eilish. Um, Billie Eilish. It's not for that She's bad got two. guy song, is it? That, uh, how does it go? Uh, that's the one. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the okay. one that sounds like a video game. Yeah, yes, that riff is amazing. I love that yeah. riff. It sounds it's like cool. a main menu to any kind of song. But as soon as the lyrics pop in, I just want to throw that song away. It's such it's, an yeah. awful song. But <laughs> it's, it's it's kind of a weird, uh, two part song. Yeah. But whoever but wrote I guess that riff in. though, and I don't know if it was her or if it's like some guy sit, like like you or me that just sitting down at a computer who writes this stuff and sells it to producers. I don't know, but that riff is very good. And yes, yeah, it, as... it reminds me of like being in an arcade at night and you're kind of walking down looking at the different cabinets and like you look at this one and it's not like that main menu screen. It's asking you to put yeah. quarters in it and it's like and you're just like looking at it like, yeah, I'm going to play that. I'm actually picturing something kind of like um almost retro kind of spy video game where you're walking down this like metal corridor oh, yeah. <laughs> you're trying to find like the secret door to get through to the next level and yep. that's the music that's playing okay there's like that. red lights that are just like spinning around on the ceiling and <laughs> anyway yeah so she's um she's like a new breakout artist i believe because she only got um she's only popularized like this or this past year 2019 yeah and um i i wonder if it came as like a big shock to people but I mean, because I, I don't listen to her music, but 
Um, I know that Ariana Grande was also up for it, and she's she's been kind of like a fan favorite for quite a while. So, um, and then Billie Eilish even kind of like gave like a shout out to her, saying um, something like, "Oh, I hope it's okay for me to say," or I'm not sure if I should be saying this, but like I feel like Ariana should be up here, not me. Um, hmm. So I don't know. Maybe that goes just to show how um, how much they all respect each other, which is kind of cool. But yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I yeah. do have uh, a couple more news things. Do you have anything okay. that you want to I got one more thing. It's not much, but it's going to springboard into something else I want to talk about as well. But it's really Ooh, quick. My... Um, okay. It's just that uh, there's a new poster for the Sonic movie. And that reminds mm. me that where I work right now is actually where they film some of the stuff for the Sonic film. Oh, yeah. So I work in the town of Ladysmith on Vancouver Island. And in there, uh, they closed down the town for like a week or so and they redid the buildings and all this kind of stuff right they did it all up for the sonic movie and they took drones apparently and shot them down the town so the drones would like fly really quickly down the town and stuff so it, apparently in the new trailer i just watched the clip of it you can see the town but i couldn't recognize it so i honestly don't i don't see it there but um yeah it just reminded me though that right now at my work they are closing down the town because they're filming a tv show there and uh Ooh. the tv show is called resident alien and it's a new show coming oh. out soon and it's got that guy in it the red hair um carrot top no the guy who plays uh cal in jedi fallen order uh no who's red? ronald mcdonald who's who's got red hair what is this oh his Ariel. name is alan tudic tedic alan tedic He's also oh oh dude. he's um right Apparently he's in oh Rogue shoot what is, he, what is he, he plays K two S O in Rogue One he's in Fireflies in a Knight's Tale he's in iRobot he's in a lot of stuff ah uh, what am I pi- I'm picturing him in something where he always it, has a is he is a dodgeball is yeah he he's dodgeball? in dodgeball he's a pirate yeah <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, yeah that's yeah, why yeah he's uh, a pirate so he's uh yeah. anyway so that dude is the lead in this like TV show where he plays an alien who's like on Earth pretending to be a human. It's like some yeah. kind of comedy, I guess. Anyways, he works at a medical clinic, and they're using my my work, which is a bank, as yeah. the medical clinic. So oh. they've like taken out the whole front of my work and turned it into this medical clinic, which is hilarious. Now my work, the, oh, cool. the sign just says medical clinic. <laughs> hey, you <laughs> should see if you can be an extra, or like just say like, there's, hey, I, I've done, a lot uh, of I've done roles before. Yeah, a lot of people in the town were trying to be extras for it, but I watched the extras today doing their job, and it was just really funny watching them. I could see the guys saying action, and the extras that are standing out in the wings and waiting, as soon as they say action, and them just, like, walking and, like, doing their route walking. And I'm just, like, yeah. watching, like, really watching those extras for their acting skills, of just pretending to be walking with their buddy and talking about whatever, and I was just like, oh, man. And then it's cut, they go right back to their spot, and then they just do that walk again and again, and all day they did this. It was hilarious. Oh, oh man. <laughs> Probably for, like, a two-second shot. But what's really funny is both for Sonic and for this movie is it's Colorado. So uh, we live in Canada, but it was yeah. ma- made to be Colorado, which is really strange because this town is right by the ocean, but uh, the oh. ocean's not in the shot at all. And they put these American flags all around to make it look like America. And they put, for the for the TV show here, they actually put snow everywhere. So they have this like fake ice snow stuff all around the, all around the town, which is just really funny. So... Oh. Just really weird little news about a show that I'm, I wouldn't have watched anyways, but now, now I'll probably watch just for the fun of it. But cool. Yeah. Um, looking at, I'm not watching the videos or the trailers, but the thumbnails that pop up, that guy's ugly. The alien? Oh yeah. Yeah. There, yeah. There is a full trailer, but it, like they're just started filming our location stuff now, so that we wouldn't be in the trailer at all. 
yeah, that's fine. But yeah, he he almost looks like he's supposed to be a mixture of all the Power Rangers. Like, his face looks like he's all the Power Rangers in one. <laughs> like, all the colors. But he's just got a big round, like, Namek head. <laughs> Apparently the other day, he was, uh, after filming, he was still in the costume of the alien. And yeah. uh, he was playing football with some of the crew members. <laughs> so he's just <laughs> this, like, this weird alien out there just playing football. This is kind of funny. See, I think that that would be probably the most fun that I could have too. Like getting the costume and using it for like real life purposes. <laughs> if I were to be an actor for something, so yeah. it'd just be much more fun. Like imagine just, uh, I don't know, wearing wearing the Batman outfit and going grocery shopping. Yeah, that'd be fun. Right? That'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. all I got for news. Sorry. So you go back ahead. Tell us more news. Cool. Uh, I got two more. One I can. Uh, actually, who's who's whose topic is gonna be first? Mine or yours? I don't know. I don't care. Okay. All right. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah. Two more topics. Uh, two more news items. One is that um, by the time this podcast episode is released, Netflix will have started their first wave of Studio Ghibli movies. Oh, like they're going to start putting them on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh! so, so oh! starting February 1st. Oh, man. Um, let's see. The first wave of Ghibli movies will be Castle in the Sky, My Neighbor Totoro, Kiki's Delivery Service, Only Yesterday, Porco Rosso? Porco, Porco Rosso, sure yeah. Porco Rosso, Ocean Waves, and Tales from Earthsea. It sounds like they're and going then, chronological. Uh, this That one was chronological, but then the next wave is chrono- it's chronological starting from a different year, so it kind of overlaps. Oh, I see. And then uh, I think the same with... Yeah, so in April 1st, they'll do the same thing. Chronological, but starting from a different year. That also overlaps. So, yeah. Looking forward to that. I actually... Um, oh, man. We oh, that's have one a, thing. We should have a Miyazaki episode. Miyazaki? And yes, we should. Well, Miyazaki likes it called Miyazaki. Your Zaki? Miyazaki likes to call it Miyazaki. Your Zaki. Wait, it is Miyazaki, right? Just make sure. Yeah, it is Miyazaki. I have no idea. I'm just I was always thinking, like, is, was, there a, is, was there an M-A in there that I didn't know about? But yeah, it's Miyazaki, not Yuazaki. So, <laughs> um, wow. Anyways, I just realized I, I just watched, or I watched recently, um, oh, Kimi no Nawa, Your Name. It's, uh, so there's a movie out right now called The we- Weathering With You, which is by the same studio. Oh, who did it? Kimi no Nawa. I don't think I said that right the first time. Kimi no Nawa, your name. Studio production company, production produced by Noritake Kawaguchi. Okay, I don't know who these people are. Anyway, <laughs> uh, cute movie. Um, a little bit on like the romance side and kind of feelies, like feels. Yeah. So if you're into that kind of stuff, yeah, it was kind of fun. Mm. Go watch it. I liked it. This has been around for actually like a, a long time, maybe since twenty, yeah, twenty sixteen. I just never, never watched it till now, and everybody's like, why? And I'm. Now I can say I've watched it, and there's no more. Why? No more. No more. My my biggest disappointing music. Your Zaki disappointing. Yeah, my biggest Miyazaki disappointment was uh, <laughs> like like I like all the base. I like Totoro. I like uh, Castle in the Sky. I like I love Howl's Moving Castle, and I like Spirited yeah. Away. I like the classics. Princess Mononoke. I've actually still never seen, so I I'll, I'll get to that one eventually. But yeah, my biggest disappointment was Ponyo. I was so excited for Ponyo, and I remember when I saw it, I was just like, I don't like this one at all. Like, it, it just, for some reason, didn't hit me right. I don't know why. Um, Ponyo on the cliff? Ponyo! Isn't it just called Ponyo? Ponyo oh, maybe it is Ponyo. Sorry. Why does that thing say Ponyo on the cliff? Yeah, it's just called Ponyo. Wait, but then Google, in its title card thing, in its media Ponyo card, on says the cliff by the sea. Ponyo on the cliff. 
Yeah, there's something called Ponyo on the Cliff by the Sea. Maybe that's a song. I'm not oh, sure. like that's separate. Okay. But that movie's called Ponyo. Um, but my biggest surprising uh one that I liked, which I don't know if it's my favorite Maya Mia Zaki film. Um, Our Zaki. <laughs> but it's definitely um, it shocked me how much I liked it. Was The Wind Rises. That oh, that was a great movie. So I think good. we talked about this actually. Yeah, I saw yeah. that in theaters, and like, oh, it blew me away. It was like two in the morning, but it, like it blew me away. And then uh, literally, the wind rose and blew you yeah. away. <laughs> I didn't know where it was. Um, <laughs> I had to restart all over again in life. It was awful. Uh, then this one, that one, just I don't know what it is, but it speaks to me like crazy. And so I put that on two more times in my life. I've just randomly put it on in the background, and it's just been such a good movie. I love it. So. You know, I, I was thinking about it, and um, so Studio Ghibli. What I find they're really good at is um, uh, is creating a world that is just. It just seems like there's nowhere else that you could live in it other than in your imagination. Mm. Like there's just so much going on all the time, and so much like so much wonder and amazement, and it's all kind of just very mind blowing. And um, so I, I feel like they do a really good job of creating that. With the wind rises, I felt like it was like a slightly different route because it wasn't so much. Um, it's it wasn't so much about creating. Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say it's relatable. It well, it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is rela- relatable. Um, it takes elements that are a little bit more, I guess, close to home for some people. Mm-hmm. Or well, I mean, could be depending on who you are. But I found that um, I th- it was like it was it was almost like thought provoking on like um, on like a simple la- like a single layer kind of thing. I don't know how to explain it, but I yeah, I just I really enjoyed it as well. And it my, was, uh, or Miyazaki films, I I always say are whimsical, but The Wind Rises is not whimsical at all. It's just yeah, like grounded in right. reality, but it still hits you on these these notes throughout it. I don't know why, but it's it's just like that that constant like passion of trying to get something done. And Wind Rises mm-hmm. shows you all the ups and downs that I think everyone goes through while trying to complete that passion. So it's really interesting. Uh, which is probably just like a love note to to Miyazaki himself. It's probably yeah. it's probably him trying to talk about his own works and like the struggles he go through trying to do that as well. So, mm-hmm. but uh, it, um, like, yeah, no, like Spirited Away and like Howl's Moving Castle are so good at just making you want to go there and be there, but you know you can't. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so on on Wikipedia, I'm just looking up the uh, the list of movies by Studio Ghibli. Oh no! And there's actually a column that gives you all the ratings from Rotten Tomato. Oh wow. Um so The Wind Rises, what do you think the rating was? I thought it did really poorly. I thought people did not like it at all. That's why I thought it was a big surprise that I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to say it got like a 6 out of 10. Okay. Uh Rotten Tomatoes I guess does it percentage wise. So 65%. So, okay. Um apparently got 88. Wow. I also I I heard the same as you. I thought it didn't do that well. Yeah. But um okay, I mean well, I, no, Rotten I'm, Tomatoes I'm isn't like that. it's not the official say of everything that I know of. I, I'm I'm not usually in line with Rotten Tomatoes anyway, but yeah, um, yeah. There are two movies that got 100, percent and I have not heard of one of them. It is also a bit older. It's called Only Yesterday, and that's from 1991. Yesterday, only yesterday. And then the other 100 percent was uh, the tale of the Princess Kaguya. I'm sure I've heard of it, but I had, just haven't seen it. That came out in 2013. I haven't heard of either of those. Um, what is a Let's see. Who? What? You, oh, what do you think Castle in the Sky got? Uh, sorry, I'm looking at the same page, but I haven't seen the numbers yet, and I just took the page out. So, um, okay. Uh, Castle in the Sky. Castle in the Sky. 
Oh, yeah, not Howl's Moving Castle, Castle in the Sky. I'm not sure. That one's pretty popular, though. So I would assume high 80s? 96. Oh, wow. That's good. Yeah. How did uh, then... Howl's Moving Castle do? That had Christian Bale as a voice actor in it. It also had Billy Crystal as a voice actor in it. Well, I, I assume that these ones didn't have... Because this is from 2004, unless he did... Yeah, no, that, that, yeah, that release would have had it. But he... Oh. He did, did Howl, like, in, way back when. But he didn't do it like he had. He didn't do the English one. He didn't speak japanese yeah he did he did the actual audio the english audio cool i can see that yeah. no the, the the japanese audio Talk no about no that's the, the that's the, the foreign one you want the, the you original want the, the regular original, original audio it's the english audio <laughs> well because of him they only got 87 percent. so oh, what about um uh oh yeah you already said the wind rises but wind rises has so many english actors in it it's got like martin short it's got john krasinski it's wow, got, they all uh, speak Japanese. It's That's got JGL in it. Wow, it's got so, uh, Nicole so Kidman. Talented. And they're so good in that movie. They're great. I, I barely recognize them. Hey, uh, yeah. Good job. Good job on them for speaking so much Japanese just, so well. Just saying, the English audio is very good in anime, especially when they get uh, uh, English-speaking actors. Wow, it's, it's surprising how the English audio sounds so much like Japanese audio. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> that, that post-production. Anyway... Uh, uh, oh, Arietti! I forgot about that one. Never heard of it. Or him, or her. The Secret World of Arietti is what it was here in 2010. I saw that with my fiance actually. Weirdly enough, that was one of the first movies we saw in theaters. She thought it was really weird. She didn't like the anime <laughs> stuff at that time, but I loved that movie. It's pretty much The Borrowers. It's the same, and it had Will Arnett in it for the actor, er, for the voice actor. Wow, he speaks Japanese too. All these, all these American <laughs> talented Japanese voice actors. Yeah, Amy uh, Poehler. You know. Yeah! Wow, good for it. Good on her. I know. Good on her. You know they actually had an English UK and an English US dubbing cast in that. So, really? Go. Oh, yeah. cool. That's how much people. That's how much of a demand there is for English speaking audio. <laughs> <laughs> that's because that's how good they are in Japanese originally. That uh, everybody wants a piece. Uh, I see. That's how. That's how it is. Okay. Well, I'll t- I've taken up too much of your news time. So why don't you continue on? That's my. Well, my last news is um. Uh, we're kind of going a different direction. This is a bit on the sad news. I'm not sure if you've been watching or, or heard, but it's about the passing of Kobe Bryant. I don't know who Kobe Bryant is. I know I okay, should know so, that name, but I, is he a basketball player? He's a basketball player. He okay. was a basketball player. Yeah. He. I can't remember when he retired, but he played for the Lakers. I think his whole career was actually mm. with the LA Lakers since he was 17. Um, How old was he when he died? It's 41. Oh, he died young. How'd he die? Yeah. Uh, so it was a tragic helicopter crash with his uh, one of his daughters, actually, that he was going to... Oh, wow. He was taking to her basketball game. So she's... I think she's in either elementary or high school. I mean, she's still, like, young. Um, and, yeah, so they were on their way. I'm not sure why they took a helicopter specifically. And I can't... I'm not sure... I don't know if they confirmed. I heard different news sources say how many people were actually in the helicopter. It could be five, seven, or nine, but... Two of them, at least, were Kobe Bryant and, his, and one of his daughters, one of his four daughters, and um, I believe conditions were quite foggy. They just weren't that um, weren't the best conditions for flying out. And what I heard was that part of the um, pro- the propeller might have clipped might have clipped something, and they were going like 100 plus miles per hour. So, wow. I mean, at that speed, it's it would probably be in impossible to get a hold of your 
um, of the throttle and control the helicopter properly. Um, so apparently it crashed, burst into flames, and um, yeah, so a lot of people are definitely devastated about that. Uh, wow. Basketball games that took place that day, I'm not sure how many of them even went through because I know that a lot of players just didn't have the heart to even play. So games were probably canceled. Um, yeah, Kobe Bryant had, uh, he definitely had a uh, good legacy. Um, I mean, he died so young too, right? So it, I think the shock of it made it just that much uh, that much more impactful on people. But um, anyways, yeah. So tragic loss. Rest in peace to him and his daughter. And um, yeah, condolences to his family because that, yeah, that's tough. Yeah. Very tough. Yeah. That sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, oh well. <clears throat> Such is life. You know, we'll, uh, he, I think he had some good mentalities, which I, I, I want to bring up in my topic. Um, and it is about, I think part of it has to do with moving forward, um, trusting the process. So, um, you know, you just gotta, gotta keep your head up sometimes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to go into your topic now then? Uh, sure. Yeah, that's fine. This Let's will be go the... into topic number one then segue into that so um i'm gonna preface first of all that i so i generally don't watch basketball um the only time i did consistently was last season during the playoffs because toronto was in it um and they ended up winning so it was fun to watch um it's not it's not that i just it's not that i don't watch uh, i don't like the sport it's just uh not something that just could ever really get into too much so saying that i didn't really grow up watching kobe i don't know him that well I do know that he has been an inspiration to a lot of people. Um, and obviously that's something that is very respectable. Um, in no way can I talk like I know a lot about him. So anything that I say during this topic is really just about what I've read or seen uh, from people's posts like on social media or just heard from people. Um, and hopefully I understand everything correctly. Right. Um, yeah, so he his nickname was Black Mamba. And apparently he got that, or I think he he really enjoyed the name because of um, uh, of Kill Bill. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. And so because of that, he came up with. I, I think he's the one that I guess came up with the Mamba mentality. Um, but the Mamba mentality is something that I believe has spoken to a lot of people. And um, like I said, it has to do with uh, trusting the process and um, keeping your head up moving forward. Uh, I'm just going to read a quick quote, and this was, let's see, he did uh, an interview, or sorry, he told, yeah, so I guess an interview with Amazon Book, or Amazon Book Review, but he said, Mama Mentality is all about focusing on the process and trusting in the hard work when it matters most. It's the ultimate mantra for the competitive spirit. It started just as a hashtag that came out to me one day, and has grown into something athletes, and even non-athletes, embrace as a mindset. So... What I like about that, well, I mean, there's a lot of things I like about that, but what one one thing that I find really, um, really compelling and uh, notable is that while he is, or while he was a tremendous athlete, a lot of people praised him for being just a very good person. Hmm. Um, he, uh, he, what did he do? Um, I think he, during some sort of rainstorm or something, he got out to, like, like in the middle of the rain and was helping people, like, give directions or something like that. I don't know. He 
just wanted to make sure that people were like safer getting to where they needed to. I can't remember what it was exactly, but um, and then other reports of people just saying how dedicated he was to his family too. And um, so he he and his wife they had, I think by this time they they had three daughters. So he he had four in the end, but had three daughters um, first, and then um, the uh, the news reporter talking to him asked him like, oh, if you um, if you could have if you could have another one, would you want to have a son? And um, his response was something like, um, oh, no, would you do I think maybe she asked him, like, if you could do it all over again, would you have sons instead? Right. And his response was, um, no, like he is, uh, he's a, what did he say? He's a girl daddy, I think is what he said, or he's a daughter <laughs> daddy or something. And he's he just completely embraced it. He's like, he was very happy with his life and um, what he's able to uh, do with his daughters and what his daughters were able to do right. I think because to him they were all also very like strong and independent people and um, yeah so those are just a couple things just to touch on like mm. him as a character but um, yeah I I like now kind of understanding a little bit more about the Mamba mentality I I I can kind of like it resonates within me as well because I always uh, there was a time when I was really trying to focus on like um, working on myself, working on myself, and trying to uh, like have that to be able to move forward and and use throughout my life and just be successful in some way. Um, but then uh, you know sometimes you can't really you can't control everything. Um, what you can do is work hard, do do what you can um, to the best of your ability without taking life for granted, and um, and trust that I don't know you know trust that you are doing. Like you're moving in the right direction, you can trust yourself that if you're working towards it, if you're working hard for it, excuse me, that um, uh, that it can put you in the like onto the right path. Um, there's a there's a lot of things that people can trust, um, you know, depending on their faith, and uh, but I think this is something that I, from what I understand, resonates with a lot of people. So, yeah, I just wanted to talk about that and see um, what your thoughts are, or if any of the audience has anything that they can input when they get a chance to you know comment on it or or anything but yeah i don't know well what does that mean to you based on what i've said map rush i don't know it's it's interesting um I, I do like what he said though about the uh the daughter daddy i think that's that's fun i like that hmm. it's a good response yeah. I, I think any daddy can embrace just just having only daughters and like anybody who can be honest all the time is 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 a better mentality and if you can say like oh i would have rather had or at the time i would have rather had sons but like my life wouldn't be the way it is now if I didn't have daughters, yeah. or whatever, right? Like that's yeah, a totally exactly. fine response, I think. So I, I like people that are honest about that kind of stuff. And I think that's great. It sounds like he was mm-hmm. a really good and inspirational person. Um, yeah, I unfortunately don't know anything about him, but that is definitely a good mentality for lifestyle. We can always, we can always improve, and we can always um, do better. But I think, well, not not but we can always improve. We can always do better. I think a lot of times though we get caught up in tearing ourselves down while doing that though to like say like we're doing a bad job to get better i don't know i think we go about it in the wrong way and it sounds like the mentality he's got that uh the mentality he's trying to enact is more like you can do it you just have to put your mind to it i guess but like not like by tearing yourself down but just by doing it or just attempting it if you screw up it's okay you just keep trying again mm-hmm. so. it's kind of like um I think it was Wayne Gretzky. Actually, it was Michael Scott that said, um, <laughs> you, <laughs> you take or you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel like <laughs> it's it's almost like that, but a more 
like step by step analysis of it if you know what i mean right um because he's saying um yeah if you're saying that what it means is to go for it then that's kind of like not uh not missing out on taking those chances but he's but he's also saying you know trust the process trust what you were doing trust your effort trust your ethics right um, yeah trust yeah so uh, which i think is i, I think it's kind of cool it's a little bit it might be a little bit more easy to to understand and for people to connect with um so i'm actually just looking up what so it was um uh where is it well the title says lakers great kobe bryant gives awesome assist to car crash victims um so there was a car accident so this was this was actually in 2019 and um he was he got out in the accident to help uh comfort victims of the crash um i think he was probably just helping make sure that everybody was okay and just like assisting um like i don't know how many people would necessarily get out and do that if they could um if they could but yeah i think just knowing that he had the opportunity and took it you know was positive for people i think that you know that speaks volumes um yeah i'd agree yeah i so oh yeah so i wanted to uh allude to when um I, I guess I think there was a big tribute to him maybe at um at the Lakers Stadium um in LA and uh definitely a lot of people were um were there specifically who like grew up watching him or just like were really big fans of him. Um you could see people uh in the audience like crying. Uh, I think whether or not you knew him, like whether or not that you were actually close friends with him, um I feel like he definitely could have been a person who impacted you greatly and very positively, which I think is really cool. Um, Cause we, you know, we've had, I think in the past years, past few years, we've definitely had a lot of people pass away that are known celebrities. Um, obviously they had people that were close to them uh, to what scale. I'm not entirely sure, but I feel like for, for this case it's very evident that he was able to impact a lot of people. Like he impact, he inspired a lot of basketball players, right? right. They, if, if, if they, if they felt like they couldn't play because of what happened, like, he definitely had a really big impact on them. So that those are the players that carried on after him, right? They're not they're not ones that they may not have been like close friends with him, but they they had spirit that they you know they got from him. And as far as the fans go, um, people who might not even play basketball, I'm sure probably felt some sort of um, positive vibes from him, and and probably also really feel feel that loss. And I think it's it's in these kind of moments, um, just knowing how many people there are sharing these feelings about this person i think at the same time is is kind of like it, it it's really it's really cool to see in this way people coming together and and sharing those same feelings um and like evidently and uh yeah and i i almost feel like it's kind of it's this is also an example of trusting the process like trust that what's happening you're probably not the only one going through it right like trust that uh, as humans on earth we have a lot of people that we can fall back on a lot of people that we can get support from um <clears throat> that we can also give support to share things with and uh yeah uh, i'm kind of as i'm talking about this i'm kind of feeling like oh, wow i like the mama mentality more and more <laughs> but um <laughs> you should uh, anyways, take yeah. a month and live the mentality mentality for that month do the mumbo yeah you challenge. know what? i'm <laughs> I'm sure there's so much more to it because like it's been around for some time right and maybe over this time it's uh, like over the years of him 
um, embracing the mama, mama mentality, it might have actually kind of evolved to to accommodate things over the years, to accommodate more positivity, to accommodate more situations. So I'd be interested in seeing um, how else uh, this may have uh, yeah evolved or how it might have how it might have impacted people as a whole. Um, so good for him for being able to to do that for people. Yeah, I think it's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, he sounds sounds cool. I sh I'll look him up and, and see some more of the inspirational stuff from him because it definitely sounds interesting. Um, based on the little I know about him, uh, he must be really good at marketing. Uh, he's got his own beef products, you know? <laughs> Is it Kobe beef? Yeah. 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 And they're all over nice. the place. This stuff's expensive too. So he's done very well. So. Yeah. Well, he, uh, he probably had expensive taste, but I think, you know, he's... He's he's a high value person, so he provides high value meat. Ah, okay. Yeah. Um. So I'll, I'll do some more research on him and uh, figure out more. But that's really interesting. The more yeah. you know. Um. Yeah, I didn't the hear about this know. from anywhere. So this is the first time I've heard it. Breaking news. I'm surprised because it's. Uh, I feel like it's been all over, like. Well, it's been all over my feed, but that's just based on my circle of friends or my circle of followers, and. Um, oh. But I do I do oh. see it on the news quite a bit. Hmm. So, yeah. Anyway, things are different on the island, I'm sure. <laughs> we don't get your news here. Actually, I've been listening to the Lord of the Rings audiobook so much, I've, I haven't been listening to my news podcast. I probably would have heard it somewhere on there, but um, <laughs> right. I'm trying to get through all of Lord of the Rings. I'm almost done, so I'm just like powering through the end kind of thing. But yeah, yeah. Um. All right. Well, I'm gonna skip Wheel of Scum if that's cool with you. It's uh, not cool, but fine. <laughs> I know we're trying to get back to normal, but we're almost there. We'll almost right. have a wheel almost of scum in 2020. There. Almost there. Um, uh, we'll move into topic number two, uh, which is a huge shift in focus from what we were just talking about. Ooh. I feel bad, actually, that it's such a shift in focus. Yours is so deep and so, like, I don't know, thought-provoking, and mine is just so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's not dumb. It's Honestly, you know, like we we have this podcast for being able to share like whatever it is that we want to talk yeah, about, right? Exactly. So it's I have people I ask me all the time, "What do you guys talk about in your podcast?" And I always say, "Movies, TV shows, video games, books, pop culture." <laughs> but no, but, uh, but then I'm like, "But really, at the end of the day, it's just whatever we feel like talking about for that week." It's kind of like well, me yeah, venting exactly. about whatever I want, which is really what my topic is right now. But it just shows the the focus of <laughs> where we are. Hit me. It's all okay. good. So I've been looking at Doom Eternal, and my topic is. Doom oh, I've Eternal. had enough. No, no, we're no, we're not doing this. No, I'm kidding. I've um, it's it's not because you had talked about it last week, which was awesome. It was cool. We scratched cool. the surface with it, but I was actually yes. watching uh, AGDQ again. So the speedrunners that I talk about every now and then, I watch the mm. speedrunners do their speedrun thing, and I was watching these guys speedrun Doom, uh, 2016, and it's amazing what the guys have done with that game lately, and how they've been able to cut that game down to. Man, I think it was an hour and 36 minutes, and that was on Nightmare Difficulty. So that cool. was the hardest. Oh, and it was 100%. So that means oh. all collectibles, all secrets, oh. everything. So they, they did all the gun mods. They got everything that you had to get. They did it on Nightmare Difficulty, and it was in like an hour and 36 minutes or something. Don't quote me on the time, but it was... I watched it in one sitting, so it must have been under two hours. <laughs> but you watched like an hour and... Oh, yeah. An hour 36 straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. That whole thing. Because I find nice. speedrunning very entertaining and really good for getting my brain going for developing games. Because um, they really break these things and make you think about how games are made. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. I've, I've seen... Um, this is still related, but I've seen some videos where people watch it live, right? Oh, yeah. So they'll be in some sort of like a little conference room and there's rows of chairs behind them. Um, yeah, that, well, that's AGDQ that... is, is that usually. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but 
I like how like the the people that are watching know what the speedrunner is going to do. Like yeah. sometimes they know exactly what the steps are supposed to be. Yeah. And then if the speedrunner happens to miss something, then you hear the crowd go, oh. Yeah. Like you you actually hear them sigh. Like yeah. you like it's just it's it's cute. Yeah, I, I really like the camaraderie between all the people that are trying to speedrun it because it's a collective process, and then there's usually just somebody in the driver's seat trying to enact that process they've mm. come up with. So the people, yeah, exactly, and the people on the couch behind them are usually explaining to us, the viewers that don't understand what they're doing, um, yeah. the collective works of the last couple of years of them trying to speedrun these games. So in Mario, yeah. when we just watch Mario do like three quick hops to suddenly like glitch out in the tower and end up at the top of the tower. Um, yeah. we think it's cool looking but the guy on the couch is explaining what's actually happening with the sprites what's actually happening with the hitboxes and oh all this stuff. And right it, it's very interesting to get that detail there and you go oh interesting like and it's yeah. funny the once you start watching enough of these different games you start to see the same terminology or the same ways people are breaking the game so it's really interesting how lots of games can be totally different and yet the same techniques are applied to break the game so um just kind of cool uh, anyway, yeah, so nice. they were doing Doom 2016, and that just really got me going. And then uh, while they were doing this, the Doom Eternal team at ID were watching it, and they kept donating money, and they kept saying comments like, oh, like, it's so exciting to see our game get broken like this and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. Like, like the guys at ID are just sitting there just watching them all play their game. And it's, like, such, like, a, a success story, I guess. I don't know. It's just It must be fun as the developers to see other people having fun with your game like that. And just that oh, yeah, just for like, sure. Uh, it's just really cool. So... That made me then watch, like, related videos of Doom Eternal. And now I've sat through, like, hours of the developers talking about Doom Eternal. <laughs> and I'm, like, so excited <laughs> for this game now. And it's just, like, I went from, like, oh, that's going to be fun when it comes out to, like, I'm waiting for the day now. <laughs> like, I can't wait for this to come out. Um, yeah. There's something just about Doom that hits me in a weird place that I just, I, I love it. I, it's I, And you're talking about the game, not just Doom in general. But, Doom. Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, yeah. I'm sure a lot of it is nostalgia. Nostalgia is a heavy thing, but uh, yes, Doom Eternal just looks really good. But just to quickly rant about some of the cool new features that you can see in Doom Eternal, this is now a product yeah. placement spot because I'm so Great. excited. Perfect. Uh, one of the We're going to get things, sponsors. Yes. Doom sponsored by Doom Eternal. <laughs> ID is paying us money. Um, one of the Dude. cool things that Doom Eternal's got is uh, now the... Mo did you, sorry, did you play Doom 2016 at all? Nope. Okay. You know Doom though. I'm, you've seen Doom played... Ran. I've, I see Doom everywhere I go. <laughs> Meet your Doom! <laughs> um, the only Doom I ever played was Doom probably like the first... No, like on PC. Mm. Um, like just just Doom. Doom, Doom period. And I, as, a, as a kid playing that, I was just too scared. So I... It's I a scary it game. Yeah, I was like, well, I mean, it's it's technically not a scary game, but like when when you were our age and that game came out, it was scary. Like it was freaky. Yeah. The whole screen was red. Like that's yeah. freaky when you're a kid. Oh. And I hated seeing, uh, you know, like you've got your um, your avatar, like your face. Oh yeah. At the bottom of the HUD, yeah, he, and he's he's looking at you, and every time he gets like hurt, he like makes a face, and I'm looking at him like, oh no, like yeah. I feel the pain, and then like then eventually like he's so he's so hurt. There's like. Doesn't he have like blood coming down his well, face? Well, if you die, yeah, he screams out in pain as the blood yeah. pours down his face. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. Ugh, yeah. Man, it's, poor uh, guy, poor sprite. It is pretty crazy. But I then also when you pick up the shotgun, with he hacks. smiles and it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I remembered that when people would um, if people would hack it and put on God mode, his eyes would go white. Oh yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. That. They go yellow. Like, it's, whoa, it's like he's a yellow white. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yellow. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so anyways, uh, 
with Doom 2016, at least, they, they recreated a lot of the monsters for the first game, uh, the demons, and they brought them back and uh, did, like, new kind of versions of these demons and stuff. And it was really fun, and they you could shoot them and kill them, and uh, they had these things called glory kills, and it does, like, an animation as you kill the demon. It's all bloody and gory, and it's, like, really over the top. The new game, one of the biggest things that they're doing for it is they're creating what's called, like, improvised damage, or I can't remember the exact terminology they use, but it's, it's damage that's caused to the demons where there's no, like... <sighs> there's no, like, one way to, like, destroy the limbs and all that kind of stuff of a demon. So, like, in the other game, you would just shoot at, like, a 3D model object, and eventually it would get destroyed enough that it would fall over and die. It does a pre-made animation of it, like, exploding and dying or whatever, right? Um, okay. In this game, the damage is based on, like, where you're hitting it. So you're as you're Ooh. shooting it, it's actually, like, destroying and decaying away the 3D model of it. So they oh. found a way to make it so that these 3D models aren't... I think they called them units or, like... Uh, they called them, uh, yeah, it used to be some kind of, like, a case of w- that they would put the 3D model onto, so that okay. the, the case could only do, like, one thing and then enact its animation. Well, now that case can be totally ripped apart in any way they want and still be part of that 3D model. So, yeah, now they can totally mm. destroy demons. But cool. not only that, once they cracked that code and started to do that, they actually came up with new ideas for demons. So there's a couple of them that uh, they're apparently, like, two-parters. So there's this one demon that's a spider, and it's inside this giant like robotic spider bot. It's a spider mastermind character from the Doom 2 game uh, that this is kind of trying to recreate. And in this, yeah. this spider thing is in this big like robotic thing. You can apparently shoot out the robotics of it and shoot out its gun, and then it will like get out of the spider thing, and it's uh, it's now it's a, a different kind of enemy that's like out of cool. the thing. So it like it separates cool. as a, as an enemy. So yeah. Just interesting stuff like that that they've been able to throw around. Um, <clears throat> then there is this new thing like the Doom Overworld. So there's like almost like Dark Souls-esque. There's now like, you're able to have like your little hub or if you want to think about it as Mario Galaxy 2, you've got like your own hub and then you're okay. going, or maybe Mario Odyssey is a better example actually. Um, you've got your hub and then you're going to other worlds. So like oh, okay. in the yeah. Doom way now you're like going to each different levels but coming returning back to like your little home base which is just insane for me because I love that stuff. So I think that's going to be awesome for Doom. Because you'll be able to- You like, always like going home. I do like going home. It is nice. Uh, and then the last thing that I think is so far, which is it's just amazing about this, is just the music. The music in Doom is insane. Like, I talked about it last time, but like it's heavy metal. It's heavy metal meets electronic, it meets synth, and then it meets like choir music. It's insane. But it's like, <laughs> if you like any kind of music, I feel like it will hit something that you like. And for me, it's orchestral. I really like orchestral music. I really like choir music. Um, I really like these like big epic songs. And Doom... Mm-hmm does that sometimes so totally pulls me in and then it just smacks me with a bunch of like this heavy metal sounds that i'm not expecting to like and that i'm just kind of like seduced into it and i'm just like this is great (laughs) like so uh you can you can listen to some of the doom eternal tracks now on some of them are up already and they're just really really good really really good really crazy but really good see open it up youtube but if you're eternal OST. If you're ever needing some music to uh, calm you down, some really nice calming music, then Doom Doom to, Doom Eternal's soundtrack is definitely what you want to do. Whoa, that first thumbnail looks cool. <laughs> Wait, is that is that a silhouette for 25? Is it like their 25th anniversary or something like that? Oh, uh, I don't know. I'm actually not sure. So the the first I put Doom Eternal OST. The first oh. one I see is by uh, Versus Music Official. Yeah, no, that and one f- is actually incorrect. I was looking at that one online. The one that's Versus okay. Music Official or whatever. That one is somebody making music to be like it, but it's oh, actually okay. not theirs. 
Yeah, because but I, if you if you see the thumbnail, it shows twenty five. So I'm just wondering, is there anything to do with Doom and twenty five uh, this I don't year? Know. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, it does say Doom twenty five. I'm really not sure. Um, but maybe maybe it is ID's twenty fifth anniversary. Doom came out in ninety three, I think. The first Doom. Twenty fifth anniversary mod was twenty eighteen. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that uh, makes okay, sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I was looking at the comments on that one video there, and they they were like, "This one guy's like, why does this sound like, like the too much? It's kind of like the first one, but a little bit worse." And this guy's like, "Oh, it's not actually." Uh, there's this one guy who makes the music. His name is Mick Gordon, and uh, so if you see anything that says Mick Gordon, then that's like the music he did. Okay, and yeah, I see the the second one it says Mick Gordon. The only thing they fear is you. <laughs> yeah, that's a good track. Cool. <laughs> oh, that's if you this. So there's a guy who go. Uh, oh my god, I can't even speak right now. No clip is a documentary guy on YouTube. You can watch. Um, I'm totally blanking on his name right now, and uh, he does documentaries on Doom 2016. So you can see a lot of the development process for 2016. But he's starting to do development interviews now with the guys on Doom Eternal, and you can watch them talking about Doom Eternal and just. There's an hour-long video of them talking with the guys uh, for Doom Eternal, and it's so interesting, them talking about their own game. They pretty much explained that they learned how to make a video game at the very end of making Doom 2016. It was like, what? right when they finished oh. making Doom 2016, they were like, oh, that's how to make a game, and that's how to be a studio, and all that kind of stuff, right? So they said, like, going... Trust in the process. Yeah. So they said, like, going into Doom Eternal, they were, like, already set. They're like, here we go. So they just, like, full force went into it, right? And they explained a lot of, like, no-brainer things that you don't think about in the development world. But they were saying things like, the, for the first quarter of making Doom Eternal, they were saying things like, oh, I don't really feel like going to work. I don't really like working. It's just not that fun. All this kind of stuff. And they realized, after a while, it's because their game wasn't fun. They hadn't done enough from Doom 2016 for Doom Eternal yet. So he said that they their goal was to make it so that all of them, like, wanted to just get to work. Like, they all wanted to go to work because they wanted to play the game. So their main goal was like fun, 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 has to always yeah. be fun. So they nice. just kept testing and ripping things out and testing and testing and testing until they made it fun. Now they're like hosting competitions and stuff like that at work and they're like skipping things just to get back to work so they can play some more of the game and stuff like that, which is like for them, he just says like, that's that a was nice their, culture. <laughs> they're like, that was like their biggest achievement was like to just finally get back to really enjoying Doom for what it is. It's like, oh, yeah, super cool. So you didn't like the music from any of the other uh, previous games? Like the previous Doom? No, games. no, no. I um, do. I don't remember the music in Doom Three at all. But Doom One and Doom Two have incredible tracks. Uh, e M or E One M One is one of the most popular Doom songs, and most people okay. can recognize that song, and it is amazing. So I found something that I think you would like. Maybe you've already seen it, but um, it's by the Game Awards. Doom soundtrack live at the Game Awards 2016. Oh, that... Composer Mick Gordon <laughs> yeah. performs the Doom soundtrack live. I saw that. That's cool. I, I didn't actually watch the video, but I saw that Mick Gordon actually uh, performed that live. That's pretty interesting. Now, That's I cool. do know some guys in the video game sound development world, and uh, mm -hmm. I've heard things about Mick Gordon, which makes him sound kind of egotistical and like okay. frustrating to deal with. So yeah. he himself, I don't know. I, I don't really know anything about the guy. I know he's very talented, so good for him. And I love the music he makes. But I have also heard from personal sources that he's kind of like an annoying guy to talk to. But. So, okay. Um, just for, well, I was going to say for the audience, but really it's for me. Because I don't really recall enough about Doom other than, you know, what, you, what you've spoken about. And um, yeah, like the that one time I played and had to go to the bathroom right after. Um, do you, like, if you could put into a brief summary, very brief, like, paraphrase, like, the plot 
of Doom. That's kind of the thing uh, with Doom. Uh, John Carmack, who made Doom with John Romero, uh, he famously said that video game plot in video games uh, is like plot in a porn movie. It's there, but you don't really need it there. Uh, okay. That's not the point of it. So, <laughs> so of those the whole thing with Doom is when they were first making Doom, I think Tom Hall or some of the other guys on the, the original ID team. Tom Holland, yep. <laughs> no. Uh, they were <laughs> building what was called the Doom Bible. And they were creating a lot of plot. And they were doing all this stuff with like a Necronomicon and stuff like that. They were trying to build like a, a, a bestiary of uh, demons and stuff and, and, and create all this lore and everything. And it was John Carmack who was just like, no, screw this. Like, we don't need any of this. They were like, put the player in the game, give him a gun, and shoot demons. They are like, that's the game. So then Doom okay. 1 had very little story to it. It had like a wall of text. And it would be like, like Mars is being attacked, blah, blah, blah. And your character would go, and you were a space marine trying to in the future you're a space marine who is going to a base after the base got wiped out by a bunch of things right and you get to the base and you discover that on the base they were trying to harness some energy from hell to make life easier for people i guess and then since they opened this portal to hell the demons were then destroying all the people on mars so you go in as a space marine and you kill all the demons uh and that's that's also cool. being a little bit like more exaggerated on the story than what you got in the first game <laughs> It was pretty much just shoot a bunch of demons and, and feel good about it, and that was about it. Um, okay, cool. Because I'm, I'm looking at some of these thumbnails, and I see this guy who looks like he's from Warhammer, but he also looks like he's Predator. He looks yeah. like, like I can't tell quite what he is, but he's standing on a mound of what looks like a bunch of bodies that he's probably slain. So I just assume, I don't know, like I get the vibe that he's in hell, and he's just trying to survive and maybe conquer it and then get out well that's i mean i don't i don't know about the get out part but that's pretty much it uh doom, okay. doom 2 did the story of hell on earth the only difference in doom 2 to doom 1 is that it's now hell has opened up a portal so big that the demons have come to earth and are starting to destroy it and you as the lone hero are trying to kill all the demons again barely any story that was about all you get uh doom it's 2016 yeah doom 2016 <laughs> uh they kind of found a really good way to do it. They threw a bunch of lore into the game, but you don't get that lore unless you look really closely for it. And uh, what the story is now is that the Doom guy that you're looking at there, the Doom Slayer, is some kind of just like immortal hero who is so powerful that all the demons in hell are afraid of him. And so they like they, they put him inside this like sarcophagus, this like tomb thing, and they like sealed him in there magically and said like never open this up. So you start Dune 2016 with breaking out of this tomb and just killing everything. And you're just going on a rampage. And you start to realize throughout the game that they fear you. You don't fear them. They're afraid of you. And over time, you're realizing as you're killing all these demons, like they, they talk about you as like the Doom Slayer. They talk about you Whoa, as like the cool. thing that kills them. So you're the thing against... It's like this power struggle where it's like you're constantly beating them. And what's funny is the gameplay complements that. You're not supposed to cower behind anything. You're not supposed to take your time and reload or any of that kind of stuff. There's none of that. You are supposed to go full force at the demons as much as you can. Uh, and then strategically. Um, yeah. But it's really interesting. And you're always, uh, like in all the iterations of the game, are you always the same marine person? Or it is seems it always different? It's never been confirmed. Nobody's ever confirmed oh, okay. any of this, but it seems that way. And it seems to be that this is the same guy who keeps getting put on ice almost and then back, back into it, then put on ice, then back into it kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's like magical. I don't know if he's immortal because of some other reason. Some people say it's like supposed to be like a divine thing, like he's sent from the heavens and stuff. So there is a lot mm. of like, since there's hell and demons, there's a lot of like imagery for like some kind of heavens and biblical stuff. So maybe he's yeah. like a saint. 
So you can actually see they seem to be going that way in the new one here. Um, what was it? Heaven's Wrath? Heaven's Wrath is one of the songs. And even on the imagery, there's like wings and stuff like that. And like it seems like they're really steering into this whole like divine thing. But And how about like a, like a final boss or something? Is that always different or is that always the same? Or uh, like, a, like a different – kind of like, you know, Diablo. It's always Diablo as one of the final bosses, but oh, he's yeah. just like a different kind of iteration of himself. In the first Doom, I think it was maybe the Cyber Demon or like some kind of demon. It wasn't like a – Cyber Demon. It wasn't like a Bowser-esque boss. It was just sort of like a boss. Um the Cyber Demon actually, I'm pretty sure, is Doom 2's main boss that you fight. But there's also a thing called the Origin of Sin that is kind of also a major a main boss. But it's not like a Whoa. boss. It was just like this giant head thing that like shot little cubes at you. Um, it wasn't is necessarily a, a boss. Spider Mastermind? Is that the one? Spider Mastermind is is uh, just like an enemy, a massive enemy that you would fight. It's, it's a boss-like enemy, but it's just in levels that you would kill it. It's just a unit type. Um... But in Doom 2016, they tried to kind of make a boss. They made uh, the Cyber Demon is in it, uh, Spider Mastermind is in it, and there's like a character named Olivia Pierce that they kind of try to turn into like the main antagonist, I guess. But I don't know how much that really works. I don't really care about her as an antagonist, and I don't think that that really mattered too much. So I think in Doom Eternal, I don't know if there's going to be a major boss in that one or not. But there's not necessarily one Bowser-esque boss to all of the Doom games. It's kind of just you versus Hell, and Hell tries to throw in new tricks all the time. <laughs> hell can be tricky. <laughs> it sure can. There's no, like, uh, Lucifer or anything like that, though. Right, okay. The or yeah, I'm, I'm looking at... Uh, maybe this is Doom... This might be Doom 2, because I think I just saw final boss for doom one and it was cyber demon or maybe no now i see this giant brain on a that's the like origin of sin. yeah the giant brain thing origin of yeah that's yeah. the origin of sin and that's doom 2 the last level of doom 2 is like doom the two. giant brain thing and it shoots these cubes down that turn into enemies and you just have to keep shooting rockets into the origin of evil or origin of sin it kind of looks like um you know krang yeah yeah it's kind of it it's like, looks like that yeah it's like if krang was just like i'm tired of this body it sucks i i need legs if you put Spider in a legs. cheat code and you go through the wall and you go right through that face and you get into like the back part of it, there's actually a stick back there. And on the stick, it's like a spike, is the head of the main creator, John Romero. And, uh, oh, cool. So it's like you're, when you're killing the boss, you're actually shooting John Romero. He's technically the last boss of the game. <laughs> oh, so I, I love Easter eggs like that. Yeah, it's really I, I'm sure I've talked about that too, but it's I love it when, when artists get a chance to, to do that because um, it's just like a little like extra level of fun and it's really... I think it's for really like the fans of the game who oh, like, yeah. appreciate. Like if if they know who he is and they see his face and they get like that, then yeah, I think it, like it makes a huge difference. It's kind of like like here's some extra bonus uh, for like all your hard work. And, yeah, yeah. Like if, if you type in John, it's so, it's so popular. If you type in John Romero, like it comes up pretty quick. Like just that that one picture of like the sprite of the the thing on the stick, just because like people talked about it forever. Because yeah, it became a great Easter egg. John Romero. Let's see. He was like a, to... he's a crazy metalhead looking guy. Doom. Ah, there we go. Okay, cool. With sh it's him with shorter hair, no glasses, and he looks like a young Elon Musk. <laughs> he kind of does. <laughs> yeah. Um wait, so you're you're actually shooting his face on a wall? What is, what am I looking at? Yeah, he that's just kind of like where the spot is. You're actually shooting, you're not there like in the real game, you're not actually at that spot. You're way further back on like a cliff and you're shooting rockets into what looks like a portal. But beyond the portal is actually this face here. And so you're actually shooting this face, but you just don't know okay. you're doing that. Gotcha. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so anyways, I'm really excited about Doom Eternal. Uh, it looks like they're taking a lot of inspiration from Doom 2. They do this crazy platforming thing in a first-person game. There's just a lot going on with that company, and I'm really impressed with it because they, they don't take themselves super seriously, but they do treat their game like a video game. They're not trying to make it a movie or anything like that. They're just treating it game first. And I'm so excited to see that because I just don't see it in games often. And uh, I will be playing the game like as soon as it comes out. So I'm going to have like a whole review on it and stuff and what I think about it. But uh, I'm just, I'm hyped. I'm excited. I can't wait to see what they do with it. And if it sucks, I will let you know. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Because yeah. either way, I probably won't play it, but I'll be living it vicariously through you. You sure will. I've been I'm still to going the through my backlogs of games, so <laughs> yeah. But I, it does look it does look fun. Like it's intriguing. I like that. Um, uh, I like that new kind of like uh, case that you were talking about, like that new box or like the case for the um, for the monsters that you fight for them to be able to like yeah that whole improvised death stuff. Sounds really cool. It sounds like it's like a good natural progression of what we would expect to be seeing in games these days for sure yeah so, i mean uh, yeah exactly yeah. when you see like a a hit it's it's just a hitbox i guess it's like a hitbox yeah. except for instead of it just being a cube they were able to to deteriorate that cube in certain ways so it becomes its own thing after a while that's just really interesting i love how they got into that Hmm. oh man if i was a kid playing this now oh i mean like if i was the kid that i was back then <laughs> and playing doom the way it is now i jeez wouldn't be able to sleep ever well it's just okay so that, i guess here's my closing thoughts too i haven't seen a game where i'm interested in the game the developers the soundtrack and the art as much as i am right now with this game like i could care less about art but this game i'm looking at like conceptual art of the game yeah and i'm like mm -hmm. that is so cool not only does it make me want to play doom eternal it makes me just inspired in general about just like being imaginative being creative and like being out there it's like oh, if yeah. you remember looking at Lord of the Rings when they did conceptual art for what they wanted to do for like Helm's Deep or something like that. When I was a kid, I'd look at that and be like, that's so cool. Like it would get me really going. And now I'm watching Doom Eternal. I'm like, wow, I'm getting that same feeling from this because I can see actual passion behind this game. I can see people really trying hard to make something mm -hmm. interesting. So yeah, it's very cool. cool. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. Yeah. Good on Doom Eternal. Let's see how it goes. I'm really hoping for the best. And I'm really excited to see what the speedrunning community does with Doom Eternal. <laughs> oh, yeah right yeah but that so like the the speed running i mean it would probably take some time before that even becomes um like a consistent like for before people are able to should really do a speed run right like oh, yeah it would take i mean some time before people get used to I, like they have to uncover the glitches um or they have to get used to the overall gameplay and i guess um well it start like it has to start mechanics. somewhere right and it doesn't start yeah. with glitches it just starts with people beating the game so they beat the game then they mm. try to beat it faster and they try to beat it faster and faster and faster and faster and eventually somebody gets it down to like four hours that's when it starts to get exciting once you get down to like four hours or so that's when uh everyone starts to go like okay so we know where all the collectibles are we know where all the secrets are we know where all that stuff is now let's try to find the roots and it's all about like okay well this route's the longest can we find an exploit can, is there something here like, you know and then it just gets really interesting people start chiseling away at all the little sections until you get that four hours down to three down to two down to one what and by the time June, doom eternal is down to like three hours the doom 2016 will be down even further so it's gonna be really yeah. exciting very cool. cool anyway sorry right. that was just me on my rant that's why i didn't want to do the um the wheel because i knew i was just gonna end up ranting a bunch about doom but uh, I mean, it's not much of a rant it's really just about just you excited it's it's your joy my you, passion you liking something my passion 
And I haven't found many games to be passionate about lately, so it's exciting to be excited again. Oh, that's what you said. You said passion. I'm like, what What are you passing? I was trying My to figure passion. out. Your passion. All right, Anthos. Uh, with that, uh, why don't you let the audience know where they can find you? If you want to find me, you can find me. On Twitter at Anthos1, that's at A-N-T-H-0-Z-1. Uh. And if you want to find me, you can also find me at Twitter at MapRush Gaming. Or if you wanted to listen to this podcast, but in audio format, and by that I mean video format, you can go to YouTube and type in MapRush Gaming, and you'll see The Scumbar Podcast on there. Or you can go to any of your favorite podcasting platforms, and you can type in The Scumbar Podcast, and you will find us there as well. You can also follow us. You can light us. Like us. You can light you us. Can, <laughs> you can light the you way can, for you us. You can dark us. You probably can't light us. You can sub us. No, you can try. You can star us. You can rate us. You can comment us. Uh, you can share us. Have us. You can see us. You can hear us. You can feel us. If you want to talk to us, you can send us an email at thescumbarpodcast.gmail.com. Uh, you can send us an essay. You can send us just like a, a whole rant about Doom or a whole rant about Kobe Bryant. Um, let us know what or you think. Or a whole rant about Matt Brush talking about Doom. Or, or me talking about Doom. Let, 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 write me an essay about me talking about Doom. <laughs> And uh, we'd love to get all the Just transcribe this whole video and <laughs> our podcast. Although, I, I must say, though, I am, I'm really appreciative of all the people that are listening. I have been paying attention to the numbers, and I'm, I am very happy to see that there are people that are listening to us. And uh, I really hope that you're enjoying the podcast. Please let us know if there's anything you want more or less in these podcasts. But wait, we're enjoying doing them, so I'm glad you're, you're listening to them at least. So. Yeah. Also, last, last thing, I want to give a shout-out to... Um, I don't know if he has, like, a online gamer tag or anything like that but i'm just gonna call him mr chuck for now mr chuck um, he told me recently that he's been listening to every episode ever since i told him about it so wow thank you you are probably our number one fan <laughs> and we love that you're listening to us if we do any kind of like t-shirt competition or something you're gonna win the t-shirt really quickly because i don't think anybody else is going yeah. to enter or know yeah. how to, if we do a trivia question you might be the only one that gets the answers right so yeah or if it's one of those things like on instagram where you have to like share a story or, or like share a post and tag people you'll You'll probably be the only person and you'll be tagging yourself and you'll probably win <laughs> so okay now we gotta get, okay. get in on a t-shirt competition but okay uh yeah. contest not a t-shirt competition that's very different um anthos why don't you let the audience know that thing you wanted to tell them gong hei fa choi gong si fa sai gong si wait san san tong Bye, bye-bye. Bye. bye.